You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hey guys, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Ken. I'm not going to be your host today because we have a special guest host, Joe Wynn. But before that, I want to say that we are going to be doing a two-on-two. It's going to be me and Matt versus Neil and Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, guys. How are you guys doing? Very good. And um, we're uh, recently back from uh, Boston Geek Bowl. We all had a great time. Neil, how are you doing? I'm pretty sick right now. So <laughs> I'm going to try not to talk too much. I'm not sure if that's from uh, your trip back or when I made you that tea with, with my special mushrooms. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, how you recover. Yeah, I like uh, I like my breakfast uh, made in uh, you know with plentiful amounts of food and uh, like I'm a good boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my with my voice being gone, I needed a uh, a large cup of Joe um, to kind of help ease the throat pain. But uh, we have our own cup of Joe here, Ken. Yeah, this is a brand new segment on the show where we introduce our guest Joe Wynn. Um, so Joe uh, was a Jeopardy champion. Um, you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and about your Jeopardy experience? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, now living in New York, working as a, an attorney slash uh, trivia host slash part-time stand-up comic. Last year, I was on Jeopardy. I uh, won three games, won a little bit under $80,000. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And I believe the, the online test is coming up soon. So if you guys are interested, Get, get involved. It's We're an not. amazing experience. <laughs> if, if we could go as a team, we would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it should be noted that the $80,000 is what is on the line today. <laughs> it is. So Joe... Exactly, right. Joe opened a special PayPal account. It's very generous. Whoever wins is going to get a uh, wire transfer. <laughs> I think if we yep. could sit on each other's shoulders and put a big trench coat over us, so that we could be one competitor, I think we'd have a really good <laughs> we shot. We just whisper yeah. answers up yeah. the ladder. That was like that kid who tried to see Black Panther. Absolutely. And they, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Joe, you actually were on our uh, Geek Bowl team, and uh, we had a great time. Um, you did yeah, great. Yeah, I had a blast too, guys. It was great. Yeah. Thanks thanks for accompanying us and uh, helping us out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No problem, guys. All right. Well, without further ado, um, the rules are the same as usual. It's going to be two on two, me and Matt versus Neil and Jeff. The rules are simple. 20 questions broke into two rounds of 10 questions apiece. 
We'll have a special swing round that uh, Joe has made up for us, and then uh, we'll finish it off with our final round, five categorized questions, and we can wager zero to 30 points on those, and we'll find out which team will be the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. So without further ado, Joe, if you're ready, go ahead and uh, launch us into the game with question one. While Michael J. Fox played a basketball-playing werewolf in the 1985 film Teen Wolf, what actor got his film debut playing a werewolf who becomes a boxer in the 1987 sequel, Teen Wolf 2? Mm. So uh, Ken and I, or uh, Jeff and I, sorry, I'm, I'm sick. Um, <laughs> hopefully Mucinex will sponsor the show. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm <laughs> sick. Uh, thank you, Mucinex. That's, uh, that's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, God, that is right. I'm sick. Uh, I'm sick. Let me get some, uh, some frozen peas. Uh, um, not again. Jeff and, I, <laughs> Jeff and I are locked in, so you guys can talk. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, do, do you remember this uh, sequel? No, of course not. I remember Teen Wolf very well. Uh, and there was a MTV show a few years ago that was terrible. Um, this yeah. is something I've not seen, but it does seem like something that maybe Rob Lowe would do. Rob Lowe in the 80s? Yeah. I mean, he was... This is, I thought, his heavy drug period. He was already kind That's of... That's why he would be in Teen Wolf 2, though. <laughs> it wouldn't be his debut. <laughs> uh, he'd be a little old, though, right? To, yeah, to already have some kind of money. Uh, I don't have a good guess, though. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, I was thinking, like, Paul Rudd, but I think that's too early. There's no, I don't think it was Paul Rudd. Well, he could have been a werewolf boxer. Maybe somebody hairy. Well, I'm going to uh, leave it up to you. Luis I have Guzman. No uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, leave, don't leave movie questions up to me. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I think Rob Lowe is Rob Lowe is what we're going with. All right, Rob Lowe. All right, and uh, we locked in with Jason Bateman. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep. The correct answer is Jason Bateman. Well done, guys. I remember I was like, what did... So Jason Bateman really came on the scene after Arrested Development, and I was like, what was he in previous to that? Because mm-hmm. he must have been in some stuff, and he was a big TV actor, mm-hmm. a lot of TV shows. Um, and then I saw in there Teen Wolf, too. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I, I just uh, just had an oversight there, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, the famous Bateman family, Justine Bateman, too. Mm-hmm. All right, well done. Should I move on to number two? Yep. yep, sure. All right, number two is in alcoholic drinks. What mixed drink consists of equal parts cognac and amaretto liqueur in a rocks glass? The first line of all-star forwards for the Buffalo Sabres in the 1970s also had this nickname. Mm. Yeah, this is something we need to study, but that's what Matt does, so... I've actually got an image on my phone of a bunch of cocktails and their components. Oh, do you? For, then, for then trivia studying. Never look at it. Never look at it, no. <laughs> I feel like this should be a different podcast if I talk like this. <laughs> Maybe an ad for a strip club? Yeah. Yeah, be like, um, there's one in Chicago, there's a famous ad. I won't do the exact ad, but it's something like, um, come on down to heavenly bodies. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> there. Where the, where the steak is rare, but the girls are... I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Not, it's the Mucinex. Not rare. All those girls sound very sick in the ads, though. Makes yeah. it difficult. Buffalo Soldiers, I don't know. You just want to go with that? Uh, sure. Okay. All right, we're in. What are you, are you going with Buffalo? Uh, no, we're going with Old Fashioned. Oh. Yeah, as you were talking, actually, Buffalo Soldiers started sounding really good. Um, I know a drink with uh, cognac, which would be like a Hennessy, was... Uh, Hennessy and Hypnotic is an Incredible Hulk, and that's all I got stuck on, so we went with Incredible Hulk. All right, guys, I tried to make a hint here that it was accessible. Uh, Would a better hint be a Gene Hackman film where he played Popeye Doyle? Oh, yes, French Connection. 
Mm. Yes, uh, it's called a French Connection, uh-huh. also shared with the name of the forward first line for uh, the Buffalo Sabres, Hall of Famer Gibel Perrault, uh, Rene Robert, and uh, from Quebec, Rick Martin. Uh, that makes sense. Of yeah. course. No, that was a good question. Yeah, but it, the Gene Hackman would have given it away. So that was good. Just for Yeah, you. I was worried that, uh, yeah, what's too much and what's too little. Hopefully the hockey fans in the crowd would have enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, I'm sure our... Uh, Shout out to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Mr. Right. Mr. Bullmeyer. Mr. Bullmeyer. Go ahead, sir. All right, guys. If y'all are afraid for number three, mm-hmm. um, let's do foreign words and phrases. An appropriate name for a finishing move from WWE wrestler Finn Balor. What phrase comes from the French, meaning blow of mercy? <laughs> ah, I know this one. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, well, from, me and Jeff know it from a non-wrestling perspective. One of my favorite finishers, because I'm a big Finn Balor fan. Mm-hmm. Which is which is the coup de gras. Mm, also yeah. went with coup de gras. It is the coup de gras, or if pronounced correctly, coup de grace. No, no, no. Or uh, coup de, de grace. Yeah, we, coup de, <laughs> de mark grace. <laughs> yeah, all all acceptable, I guess, in my book. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to question four. <laughs> Number four. It's in fashion. Oh, not good for us. Popular in France and Spain. What type of shoe is made with a sole composed mainly of interwoven rope? Yeah, if it's not flannels and beanies, I'm kind of lost, to be honest. <laughs> All right, we're in. So Jeff and I are kind of trying to think of different types of sandals. Um, we wrote down wedge, um, which is, it, I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, I know when I hear it, it's going to kill me because I've, I've bought quite a few shoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As a man who's owned shoes. Neil, <laughs> shoe purveyor. <laughs> Um, for other people, I mean, for Colleen. So I, I've seen uh, some of these. Um, <laughs> I haven't worn them myself. Um, so I, I don't know. What are you feeling? I've got nothing better than sandal. I, I'm completely out of the uh, out of the loop on these. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's going to be something I've heard of before. But yeah, if you, we'll lock in with sandal. Okay, we're going to go with uh, Neil's favorite uh, shoe, Crocs. <laughs> He's wearing some right now, actually, with yeah. socks on. Yeah, I can go from here to the kitchen and be a chef or socks and in the hospital. Socks and cracks. Oh, that sounds lovely, and that sounds very comfortable. But the answer, in fact, is espadrilles. Mm, espadrilles. Well, not even close. Yeah. It's actually my favorite Pokemon. Espadrille? <laughs> is he a Spanish or, or uh, Italian yeah, Pokemon? It's, it's some the, kind of mole person. No, I was thinking it was like the uh, bullfighter version of Beedrill. I was thinking it was like a ghost-type bird Pokemon. All right. Hmm. But not a shoe, so no good for us. <laughs> Question five. Voiced by Allison Mork. Cherry. That's spelled C-H-A-I-R-R-Y. Cherry was a talking chair on what children's television show that ran from 1986 to 1991. Me and Matt just gave each other a uh, nod of affirmation here. Yeah. So we're in. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Neil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil and I are in as well. Um, I had a cherry um, when I was uh, a young lad. It did not talk, but uh, it was from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also went uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, well done, lads. It's right. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well this, done. This is uh, right in our wheelhouse. As I, felt, far as... I felt the joke there was going to be too inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the cowboy? That was Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence mm-hmm. Fishburne. Cowboy Curtis. Yeah. All right. Here's number six. It's an art question with a little bit of movies mixed in. The story of Margaret Keene and her paintings being falsely credited to her husband, Walter Keene, was detailed in what 2014 Tim Burton film? Name for the distinctive features of the painting's subjects. 
Okay, we're in. Ken knew this one right away. Mm-hmm. And then once he started shaking his head, I tuned out the rest of the question. Uh, Matt actually just wrote uh, Ken on the paper because <laughs> uh, he's deferring to me because he's holding the pen. Correct. Um, do you remember this movie? It had Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz. Uh, I've never actually seen the film. Okay. I think it's Big Eyes or Bright Eyes. Um, I, I, ever since basically post Big Fish, Tim Burton has sucked. So um, <laughs> I haven't watched any of his stuff. I, I like this one, actually. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm leaning towards Big Eyes because that was the feature. They're large eyes. And Big Eyes sounds like a... But I just don't know if... I, it's something eyes. Yeah. And I could be wrong. You could be confusing that with Big Fish, though. Yeah. You know, I know. You know. Big Eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> Just buying some uh, some property in Neil's head right now. <laughs> is he right? Think? Is he wrong? Big fish eyes. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't Doesn't know. Doesn't bright eyes sound so familiar to you, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does sound familiar. Bright eyes, the, the film where Will Smith's a cop and he has large eyes with orcs. <laughs> <laughs> That's just bright. That's just bright. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go with big eyes. All right. It's probably wrong. Let's go for it. We're going to go with big eyes. Okay. The answer is big eyes. Um, that's the that's the film where, where Christoph Waltz steals uh, credit for the artwork, and he's also a uh, Nazi officer. Christoph Waltz plays a Nazi in movies? <laughs> um, yeah. You guys have got it spot on. Big eyes. Uh, Bright eyes, uh, by the way, Neil, is uh, Connor Oberst's uh, indie rock project, mm-hmm. or one of them. That's probably why it sounds familiar, yeah. though. All right, here's number seven. Uh, let's do classical music. All right. At what type of event? At what type of event would you traditionally hear Paco Bell's Canon in D, followed by a march composed by Felix Mendelssohn? Yeah, we're in. Yeah, we're in. Okay, so I know you guys are locked in, right? Yeah, yeah, so we're locked in. I know, I know the tune. I uh, think I'm, I'm good. You know, I think you, I know. you know what it is. Okay. I'll just arrow this Ken down, and we'll move on. <laughs> All right. You just put the quotes Ken to Ken. carry the... Uh, yeah. I believe this is uh, most commonly heard at weddings. Hmm. Yeah, very commonly, um, people will walk in uh, in the procession to uh, this song at a wedding. Paco Bell's Canon in D, followed by a wedding march by Felix Mendelssohn. It is weddings. Good mm. job, guys. Great. Nice. What do they play when the bride runs away? The Benny Hill theme. The Benny Hill <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's always the, called the yakety sack for the record. Sex, yes. Or live and let die. <laughs> that, that, would be, dun, 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 dun. that would be a great song to run, you know, at a wedding. It's pretty for dramatic. Yeah. Fair enough. That's pretty good. What about you, Joe? What would you play if you ran away from a wedding? If I ran away from a wedding, uh, hit the road, Jack. Maybe fifty <laughs> yeah. ways to leave your lover. Um, if, if you played hit the road, Jack, it would be much more casual, yeah. like exiting, though. <laughs> right? You but really uh, saunter out. Bon Jovi's "The Runaway" is probably a little on the nose. <laughs> so. It's a bit on the nose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, here's number eight: video games with a little bit of sports mixed in. All right, cool for me. The creators of NBA 2K18 chose what NBA player as its most recent cover athlete on the U.S. version, but had to change his uniform on the cover because he was traded shortly before the game was released. Locked in. Yeah, Matt knew this one right away. Yeah, um, That would make sense as far as the trade deadline. He's, he's the only one I know that just got traded. Right. <laughs> so... I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, do you have do you follow basketball though? No, or? no, I don't. That this is the only guy I know. No, that makes it, sense to me. And if it's the guy that I saw in person, he is large and muscular and an Adonis. So, <laughs> so I hope it is him. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm good to agree okay. with you on that. So we we don't know for sure, but we know that uh, Blake Griffin was traded mm. from the uh, Clippers to Philadelphia. So we want Blake Griffin. 
All right. We went with an actual griffin. Yeah. I, no, I believe uh, it's noted flat earther Kyrie Irving. Mm, could be. Yep. Traded from Cleveland to Boston, it was Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. If the earth is round, why doesn't the ball just roll away? <laughs> right, Joe? <laughs> yep, exactly. You guys got it. They, they ask you that one on Jeopardy, right? Um... I forget now. It's but all blur. I was drunk. I was drunk the whole time. All those French connections with Alex Trebek before the recording. Uh, number nine. Let's talk about religion. Uh oh. Founded by George Fox, who supposedly told others to tremble at the name of God. What religious group is also known as the Religious Society of Friends? Oh, Neil. Hallelujah. That's what I was going to put. And I don't know anything about these guys. <laughs> so. Um, just that show with Bill Paxton, but I don't know. Does that help? <laughs> oh, he's he's he's, he's f-ing with us. <laughs> it's not Mormon. Uh, we're it's Bill Pullman. You guys anyway. are locked in. We're in. Yeah, we're locked in. So, yeah. uh, you know they have a lot of wives. You good right, with Jeff? Uh, Jehovah's Witness? That makes the most sense. Uh, uh, we're in with Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Neil and I are going to go with Quakers. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Because they're trembling. That makes a lot of sense, too. Telling others to tremble at the name of God. They are the Quakers. Mm-hmm. Like the Great oats. oatmeal. Oh, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I make the oat jokes. <laughs> Matt beats me on like every single joke. Every time I think of something clever, Matt's half a step ahead of me. So let's lay down some ground rules, Matt. You'll take the hot cereals. I'll take the, the traditional <laughs> yeah. cold cereal. If we come milk. across a Lucky Charms joke later, I will defer. Thank you. And that's all you ask. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Here's number 10 in astronomy. In our solar system, there is a prominent asteroid belt between which two planets? This asteroid belt unofficially separates the inner planets and the outer planets. Uh, Neil and I are locked in. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is very confident as the word asteroid belt was said that he knew what this question was. It was just was. astronomy. Well, was no, it? it's not because the word asteroid belt was said. He actually, he's actually wearing an asteroid belt <laughs> and then it opens up and then all the... the the colors of the universe just come out (laughs) so there's a huge gap between mars and jupiter Mm -hmm. um and then the planets get yeah like almost equally as far from each other going out that way so i think it would be between mars and jupiter right um and that would make sense i have a sneaking suspicion that it might be after jupiter but let's go before jupiter yeah because you if it was divided between inner and outer that would split it evenly assuming pluto is a planet which it's not anymore what what was the wording of your question between what two planets or before what planet between which two planets okay so mars and jupiter so yeah. we'll go between Mars and Jupiter. Jeff just bought a poster in Boston with the solar system on it, which included this. Yeah, Mars and Jupiter for us. My my asteroid belt is a bunch of rocks uh, strewn together, and then Ceres is the uh, belt buckle. So. Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer? I do. Uh, the four inner rocky planets are separated from the four outer gas giants uh, between Mars and Jupiter. All right. You guys nailed it. Mars and Jupiter. Well done. Kind of. I kind of wanted them to whiff on that one. That's all right. They <laughs> didn't get Jason Bateman, so. So uh, points at 66. the end of the uh, first round are 60 to Matt and Ken, and Neil and I have 70. All right. Awesome. All right. Our swing round is, the category is called One Letter Off Literature. I want you to give me the new book title, given the description based on I adding or changing a letter in a famous book title. So, for example... 
a clue would be Dr. Seuss' book where Sam I Am is convinced to eat a breakfast made in Athens, Greece. You would say Greek eggs and ham as opposed to green eggs and ham. Mm-hmm. 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 Ah, okay, very cool, very cool. Number one, the first book in a seven-book series where a boy wizard goes to Hogwarts and discovers a magical recipe for a British pastry often had with tea. Number two, a book by Ken Kesey where Nurse Ratchet gives Randall a hard time for wearing a sleeveless sweater. Number three, a novel where Hester Prynne is shamed for committing adultery and is forced to wear a picture of the current host of NBC Nightly News. Number four, the novel where Elizabeth Bennet agrees to marry Mr. Darcy only to use his Amazon password to get free two-day shipping and watch Mozart in the Jungle. Number five, the 1972 illustrated manual by Alex Comfort about intercourse, especially with Jenna Van Oy's character from the TV show Blossom. Number six, Carson McCullers' novel about a deaf mute and his friend Spiros, who leaves the small Georgia town to try to emulate NFL players like Marquette King, Brad Wing, and Lachlan Edwards. Number seven, a treatise by Sun Tzu from the 5th century BC about his philosophy regarding military conflict and how it can be resolved with flatulence. Number eight, the 2003 book from Laura Weisberger about a personal assistant to an insufferable fashion designer who insists on covering herself with old copies of the Soviet newspaper whose name translates to truth. Number nine, Tom Clancy's first novel where Jack Ryan must take over a submarine by sacrificing to the pitcher in order to advance the runner to second base. And number 10, Ernest Hemingway's book set in Spain, where Jake Barnes and other American and British expats observe the running of the bulls in Pamplona, all while making terrible dad jokes through wordplay and innuendo. Okay. So we're hung up on the host of Nightly News. You don't know who it is. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, we're, uh, we're set here. We're, we're, we've done as much as we can. All right, so f- so for the audience, we're going to do five points apiece on each uh, one of these. There's 10 total, so total of uh, 50 points available. So um, Jeff and I immediately clicked on one, two, three, four, seven, uh, and 9. Um, 
So, Joe, um, Jeff, let's just start. Devil Wears Prada. Um, I'm guessing it may be Prado, or what? What would you think would be yeah, Prado? Seems likely to me for, but I don't. I, my Russian is is yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> how how crazy would it be if all of a sudden I went? You found us. We are Russian agents <laughs> um, <clears throat> infiltrating podcasting. Um, so you just want to go Prado? No, I'm fine with that. Okay. That sounds right to me. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll leave that. We won't give away some of our other answers here. Um, number six, the deaf mute. I mean, the only deaf mutes that I know are Nell with Jodie Foster. And then of Mice and Men, he's not deaf or mute, but I have no idea on that one. We can make a pun. Do you want to go of Dyson Men? Sure. <laughs> that's the role-playing game. Uh... That, that There's actually a book by that title. Oh, that's great. About role-playing games. Um, so we'll skip that one. So last one here, though, just to discuss out loud. Hemingway. It's yeah, not this... I, was, I was. So, um, what are the what are the recent uh, dad joke movies like Will Ferrell and Oh, Daddy's Home and I mean I, I, he's he's talking about dad jokes meaning like the bad puns and innuendo and stuff. So, do you know any other Hemingway books? It's not the one. Uh, it's not the um, not the Sun Also Rises. No, it's not the Old Man in the Sea. It's I, I know so. I know the book. I can see the cover. I cannot think of the name of it though. It's not for whom the bell tolls. No, that's World War One. He's an ambulance driver, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, he did head out in Spain after World War One, but that would be unrelated. Um, well, if it if it was the sun, it's not the sun also rises. But if it was, what would be the dad pun of that? Like the sun that like, changed the O to the yeah. U to an O. The, the, the pun also rises. Like the, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah. You just want to go with that. What That's, would what would the pun be? For that one? You just want to go with the pun also rises. I'm good with that. Okay. All right. We're all right. we're all in. All right, guys, number one, the first book in a seven-book series where a boy wizard goes to Hogwarts and discovers a magical recipe for a British pastry often had with tea. Um, we went with the Sorcerer's Scone, mm-hmm. uh, which we, sounds pretty good. We went Harry Potter and either the Philosopher or Sorcerer's Scone. Mm-hmm. Either one is acceptable, Harry All Potter right. and the Sorcerer's Scone or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Scone, as it was released in the UK. Yeah, they thought we were too stupid yeah. to understand the concept of a philosopher here, yeah. I suppose. So. <laughs> that definitely exists at like a campus coffee shop somewhere, for sure. Oh, the philosopher's scone? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all of them, all the books probably. Yeah. All right, guys, number two. Ken Kesey book where Nurse Ratchet gives Randall a hard time for wearing a sleeveless sweater. So uh, this is uh, a great movie. Uh, one, one of the big five. Um, Jeff? That would be One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Vest. Yep, we have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Vest. Mm-hmm. You guys nailed it. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Vest, as opposed to the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Number three, novel where Hester Prynne is shamed for committing adultery and is forced to wear a picture of the current host of NBC Nightly News. I fear that we misheard the question and we actually wrote the answer for um, Hester Prynne is shamed and is forced to listen to Even Flow for the rest of her life. And we w- we're going with the Scarlet Vetter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do a little pre-thing here. Um, just because Ken did know it, I think, in the back of his head. Uh, when we were in Boston um, watching the Olympics over and over again, uh, Ken said something like, man, I can't believe they woke this guy up to do a normal news story. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, also, we when we went to Salem, uh, we were around Nathaniel Hawthorne, so it's a nice tie-in there. Um, this would be uh, the Scarlet Lester. Mm. Lester, Lester, Lester Holt. Holt. Current host of that is. NBC Nightly News is Lester Holt, so mm. it would be the Scarlet Lester. Number four, novel where Elizabeth Bennett agrees to marry Mr. Darcy only to use his Amazon password to get free two-day shipping and watch Mozart in the jungle. I believe that would be Prime and Prejudice. Yeah, that would be Prime and Prejudice. It would be Prime and Prejudice. <laughs> Number five, 
1972 illustrated manual by Alex Comfort about intercourse, especially with Jenna Van Oy's character from the TV show Blossom. Yeah, after hearing uh, the other team talk this one out, I think we're off, but we went with the Kara Sutra. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we settle on Joey on this one, Neil? Um, no, but um, <laughs> that's fine. Just do it. It's wrong, but you can do it. Can do it. Uh, so we think the, the book in question is The Joy of Sex, so we said The Joey of Sex. Uh, you're halfway there. Uh, Genevieve Oy's character on Blossom was six, <clears throat> S-I-X, so the answer was The Joy of Six. Oh, I knew it was a, yeah. I knew it was a weird name. Uh, number six, Carson McCullers' novel about a deaf mute and his friend Spiros, who leaves the small town of Georgia, a small town in Georgia, to try to emulate NFL players like Marquette King, Brad Wing, and Lachlan Edwards. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely we, nothing. We, we didn't even <laughs> understand which part was the joke yeah. on this one, so uh, we, didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't answer this one. To Bill a Mockingbird. I don't know. <laughs> Neil and I uh, at least put in a joke on this one. We said, uh, of Dyson men. Mm. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, NFL players Marquette King, Brad Wing, and Lachlan Edwards are all punters in the mm. NFL. The novel was The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Mm. So you change the letter to make The Heart is a Lonely Punter. Gotcha. Ooh. All right. Number seven. A treatise by Sun Tzu from the 5th century BC about his philosophy regarding military conflicts and how it can be resolved with flatulence. This would be The Fart of War. Uh, for those of you who are Patreon supporters, we went at extreme length to talk about uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's uh, flatulent habits. Um, this would be Sun Tzu's The Fart of War. It is Sun Tzu's The Fart of War, as opposed to The Art of War. Well done. Yeah, imagine Daniel Day-Lewis in a movie called The Fart of War. <laughs> He'd probably win a nice for I tried to hold it in. <clears throat> and be Sorry. <laughs> Method on set. Method on, well, he'd just have to eat beans for months before the roll just so he could fart on command. Hey, I'd watch it. I'd pay $13 to watch that movie. <laughs> and and here's the thing, though. Danny Day-Lewis would fart in the accent of the character he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. 2003 book from Laura Weisberger about a personal assistant to an insufferable fashion designer who insists on covering herself with old copies of the Soviet newspaper whose name translates to Truth. Yeah, we were uh, halfway Ooh. here, but our, our Russian, again, is not so good. So we went with The Devil Wears Prava, mm-hmm. just as a guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, we when we were talking about it, we got hung up with Prado, which is a fake purse you can buy in the street, uh, mostly in New York. <clears throat> Joe would know because he bought us uh, all Prado bags. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, I hope you guys like them. Yeah. Well, my, mine is uh, Alligator Skin, which I, I appreciate just to rock it while I'm going to the mall. Uh, so we said the devil wears Prado. Uh, you guys are very close. It is the devil wears Pravda. Pravda. P-R-A-V-D-A. Pravda. We added the right letter. We just took one away. Tom Clancy's first novel where Jack Ryan must take over a submarine by sacrificing to the pitcher in order to advance the runner to second base. Mm. We're going with uh, the bunt for Red October. The answer is the bunt for Red October. You probably didn't hear that. The Bunt for Red October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You got it. The Bunt for Red October. Everyone everyone looking forward to John Krasinski and his uh, Jack Ryan role on Prime? No? I'm interested. I, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the new Jack Ryan. Yeah. Add him to the list. Is he just going to look at the camera sometimes and give a gym face whenever something bad happens? Yeah, he's going to go uh, counterinsurgency. Look to the camera. <laughs> it's more of a visual joke. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work on radio, sorry. You, you guys all know the gym face, so yeah. it's just, you know, it's just kind of like, 
Yeah. Well, there's going to be a whole storyline where he tries to find Bin Laden and he uh, puts his stapler in, uh, in Jello. Jello. In Jello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and last one, number 10. Ernest Hemingway book set in Spain where Jake Barnes and other American and British expats observe the running of the bulls, all while making terrible dad jokes through wordplay and innuendo. Yeah, not so sure, but we went with the pun also rises. Uh, we too uh, figured it might be the pun also rises. It is in fact the pun also rises. Wow. The sun also rises. Well done, guys. Man, I thought I, I didn't know that that was the book, but that's probably why it kept bugging me. So at least we got it. Okay, so it looks like at the end of uh, the swing round, uh, my team with Matt have 90, and you guys have 105. Yep, after bolstering 35 in the mid-round. Fantastic. Yeah, great mid-round. We don't have team names. What's your team name? Pain don't hurt. No, you can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come with a new name. What's your name? Sports-related? Hockey? Pain hurts a little bit. <laughs> no. In, in the spirit of the, uh, of the swing round, paint don't hurt. Mm. <laughs> Paint don't hurt. Okay. Are we the double deucers then? Yeah, sure. We'll be the double deucers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with those scores still pretty tight, we are going to go into round two so you can take it away. All right, guys. Here's question number one in the category of music. In the song All I Want to Do, Cheryl Crow states that all she wants to do is have some fun until the sun comes up over what Los Angeles street that runs through West Hollywood and Beverly Hills. We are locked in. I love driving through that street when I'm living there part-time as ken likes to say i know all the words to the chorus of that song until yeah this right to that point I, is it uh santa monica, santa monica boulevard? boulevard that's what that's when when i i never knew it was a street name i just thought it was santa monica <laughs> but now now that uh those are not words santa yeah. monica boulevard sounds like a good answer so let's go with that it's definitely a street neil keeps shaking his head but i'm gonna go with it anyway we are locked in with Santa Monica Boulevard. I'm surprised you guys didn't go with La Cienega Boulevard. No, it's it's uh, Jeff, our answer. Uh, Till the sun comes up on a Santa Monica Boulevard. It is correct. Santa Monica she Boulevard. She like an extra syllable in there, doesn't she? And I just learned something about that song that's been haunting me for years. Are you, uh, Joe, are you a Sheryl Crow or Shania Twain fan? Oh, it's like picking, it's like a Sophie's Choice with that one. I can't pick this. Yeah. Like if they were having a sword fight? Yeah. <laughs> or if it was a Spider-Man 2 situation. Here, here's what a, we're talking about in terms of music. Here's a scenario for you, Joe. You have a bicycle that's a tandem bicycle that you stole from Lance Armstrong. You can only have Shania Twain yes. or Sheryl Crow on the back of your tandem bicycle going on Santa Monica Boulevard. Who do you choose? Oh, Sheryl Crow. Yeah. Easily. It's Santa Monica Just Boulevard. knowing that it's Lance Armstrong's tandem bicycle, right. that she would totally rub it in and do yeah. that. Yeah, she's familiar with the bike. And, uh... <laughs> she's been through she's a lot. Really <laughs> she's been through a lot. She's, yeah. She deserves it. And all she wants to do is have some fun, and that sounds like somebody I'd want to be I mean, on a bike I get with. the feeling she's not the only one. <laughs> Question two. Moving Number on. Number two in the category of college sports. Featuring two large M's on each side, the little brown jug is one of the most famous college football trophies, regularly awarded to the winner of the game between which two universities? We had one at Iowa, but I think it was like a pig. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Like a live pig? Yeah. It was a live pig, and they, they would slaughter in the middle of the game. God. <laughs> oh, my. Um, they make the football out of it. Uh, yeah, they make the... Yeah, it's a fresh football for the game. <laughs> uh, takes forever. It's like a 35-minute warm-up while they're tanning the leather, but it's worth it. Um, I can. I'm locked in now. You don't have to, okay. Fine. So, do you think we should focus on the fact that there's two M's, so that it should be colleges with an M? 
Well, I mean, going down that train of thought, I know it's not Michigan, Michigan State, which I think is the one Matt realized yeah. right away when I didn't know it because that's the Paul Bunyan yeah, trophy. They play after that axe thing, right? Yeah. So because <laughs> when they win, they like they put the axe into the end zone. They like it's they like a behead big the other team. The, uh, well, the <laughs> yeah. Sparty's always throwing the javelin in the ground, anyways. Yeah, but, whatever. So is there another M team in the Big Ten other than Michigan and Minnesota? If we're gonna do Southern, what would be Ole Miss and and uh, Mississippi State? Yeah, I mean that would that would be a pretty big interstate rivalry with two M's. So. Okay, so we were going to say Michigan, Minnesota for the record, if that is the answer. But do you want to go? <laughs> we're going to go Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I'm I'm good with that. Okay, that's our that's answer. A, that's an SEC rivalry. What did you go with? I'm so sorry. we're we're in with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah, that sounds actually really good. Uh, I got I'm I was pretty sure this was a Big Ten rivalry, um, and that's why initially I was stuck on Michigan, Michigan State. Um, and I, but I'm pretty sure that Minnesota does play for one of these. Uh, Missouri has a rivalry with uh, Illinois. They have their rivalry game. Um, but I still couldn't think of anything else, so I said Minnesota and Missouri. The correct answer is Minnesota and Michigan. Oh. Well, we talked ourselves out of it. We should have just stayed with it. I've crossed yeah. out Michigan like three times on here, if that helps at all. <laughs> I just didn't think that rivalry was big enough. I, I guess I didn't, you know, I haven't watched a lot of Minnesota games. So well, At least we were there, though. That's all that matters. We were there. As long as it wasn't Wisconsin, I think we're good. Stop badgering us with your <laughs> Wisconsin talk. <laughs> Number three, automobiles. Mm. Although most modern cars have replaced it with fuel injection, what part of a car is defined as a device that blends air and fuel for an internal combustion engine in the proper ratio for combustion? We are locked in. Hmm. Hmm. Um, what do you know about cars? Because I not a whole lot. Um, they're cylinders. Yeah, I kind of can picture how it works. Um, I feel like it's something that like used to be. So not like necessarily a spark plug, but something that used to be replaced a lot. Um, maybe like carburetor. Is that a that's a thing, but I think that is part of, like, the exhaust system. Okay. Um, so you just want to go with cylinder? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not a mechanic. Okay. We are locked in with cylinder. I had to try so hard not to have a tell on that question because the answer is carburetor. Oh, come on. My bad. The correct answer is carburetor. Uh. Our, uh, Does that not have to do with the <clears throat> exhaust? No, carburetors basically they um, they basically just dumped fuel into the cylinders, and uh, fuel injection replaced that by kind of spraying a fine mist. Mm. All right, number four in the category of bad movies. Fantastic. The Golden Raspberry mm-hmm. or the Razzie is an award given to the worst performances in film. What actor won the Razzie for both for both worst actor and worst actress for his performance in a 2011 film portraying the two titular characters? so funny because if it's a question about a movie that people like or is good, I have no idea. And this one I was locked in immediately. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of garbage. Um, hold on. I'm trying to think. Um, Big Mama's House. That's not two characters. Um, um, yeah. Adam Sandler. I don't know. There's like a family function or like a Thanksgiving or something. I don't remember. But I kind of vaguely remember him playing a male and female lead and his movies have been terrible lately so yeah he did i just can't remember the name of the movie though and that's not i don't think it's eddie murphy it doesn't does that, i mean norbit yeah that, that's fine just go with Dan. yeah Sandler. we just need the the actor right mm-hmm. yeah slash actress yep. looking for the actor uh, we'll lock it with adam sandler yep adam sandler for us too it's from uh jack and jill with the classic mm-hmm. uh al pacino dunkachino uh it's from the movie jack and jill it is adam sandler well done guys Number five in the Caribbean. Meeting worship of saints, 
What Caribbean religion with African roots is practiced by an estimated 22,000 people in the United States, but notably not by 90s frontman Bradley Noel? Oh, I'm in. That is 90s. We're good. Then. Yeah, Neil and I are in as well. Uh, we are going with Santeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he doesn't practice it, nor does mm-hmm. he have a crystal ball. No crystal ball. Santeria. It is Santeria. Great song, I think. I like uh, Sublime when it's my choice to listen to them, but when they come on, I don't appreciate it. (laughs) Here's number six. The 12th most populous city in the United States, according to the 2010 census, what is the most populous city in the U.S. that is named after a U.S. president? Let's go with this one. Okay, we're in. Um, So, uh, presidents Washington, Adams, Jefferson. I don't think it's something like Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't think it's something like Jefferson City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil had immediately written down Bushville, um, Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. which I believe to be the correct answer. That's fine. If you think it's right, just go with it. We do. Jacksonville, Florida. We also went with Jacksonville. It is Jacksonville, All Florida. Right. Nice job, guys. Nice geography question. How about that? Kind of, kind of. We got there. We wrote down all the same things. Madison, Lincoln, Jefferson City. and It was just the only one that made sense. Yeah, Lincoln's way too small. So is Jefferson City, I'm pretty sure. Number seven in the category of science. Number 74 on the periodic table, what metallic element is represented by the chemical symbol W, perhaps referring to its alternate name of Wolfram? You know what it is? I'm in. Oh. We're in. (laughs) Me and Neil just sitting here like, no. I believe that's uh, tungsten. It it is tungsten. (laughs) It is tungsten. Nice job. I was hoping it was a Wolfram hey, question. Hey, how about that? When, uh, when Jeff gets something right and he's still disappointed. <laughs> I'm, every time I get some, I just want to be the only right one. Yeah. He wants the answer to be what he wanted it to be. <laughs> Number eight in television. During the first four seasons of the TV series Archer, the main characters work at what fictional spy agency? Unfortunate world events caused the show's writers to remove the agency from the show's storyline. Yes. Yeah, we've got it. I only knew this because I researched the show to write mm. questions, but I don't watch it. So, Yeah, it's been on my Netflix queue for a long time, and I just never got started. Uh, but we're locked in. You guys are locked in? Yep. yep. Go ahead. So this also ruined uh, a pretty good band, uh, ISIS. Yeah, we said ISIS. Mm-hmm. Standing or represented by the letters ISIS, the International Secret Intelligence Service, or ISIS. Nice job. Mm. All right. Don't be afraid to check out the band Isis, guys. They're still pretty good. Are you still going by that? Or? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tough choice. It's not their fault. I guess. Number nine in the Supreme Courts. The 1989 Supreme Court case Texas v. Johnson held that doing what is protected under the First Amendment as a form of free speech. During a 1976 baseball game, Chicago Cubs outfielder Rick Monday famously prevented two protesters from doing this on the field. We are, we're going to lock in. That's my only guess, though. I think uh, flag burning, maybe. Oh, flag burning. Um, Matt had thought maybe streaking. Mm-hmm. I don't think Going that's... streaking. I, think I don't think that's, that's protected. Still illegal. Profanity. I don't think so. Perfect. I think flag burning. Uh, 76 sounds like it'd be around that air. A little late for... It's. It wasn't in the 80s, I think, Joe said? 79. 79. Oh, 79. Eh. Okay. Protesters. Okay, flag burning. Flag sounds. burning, please. <laughs> I almost said flag burning sounds good. We'll take <laughs> we'll take one flag burning, please. Uh, we also said flag burning. It is flag burning. Nice job. Was that the disco demolition? Or no? Uh, no, I no. think during the 
Cubs-Dodgers game, two protesters ran onto the field, mm-hmm. and uh, Rick Monday just sprinted from center field uh, <laughs> to snatch the flag away from the burn. The uh, when it was the flag was about to be burned. Yeah. Disco demolition was at Comiskey. That was uh, White oh. Sox versus Tigers. Steve Dahl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think this is number ten now. Last question of the second round. In the UK, it is often referred to as coriander. Sometimes it is also referred to as Chinese parsley. By what Spanish name do we Americans use to refer to this herb often used in cooking? That's what I was thinking. We're good. Let me just, uh, I'm just scanning my brain really quick for other Spanish sounding spices. Mm -hmm. This seems right to me. Um, I thought coriander was something. I thought it was more like a tea or something. No. I mean, I don't know. So it was coriander and what was the other? Uh, Chinese parsley. Chinese parsley. Okay. Chinese this, parsley or coriander yeah. are alternate names for what? All right, we're in. Herb. Um, I'm leaning towards the last. So either oregano or we have cilantro written down. Um, I mean, cilantro is like in tacos and stuff, but I don't know how often you cook with it. Oregano, I feel like you cook a lot with. Can you name any other? Spices? No. Not that I can differentiate from <clears throat> coriander. Well, I don't even know if cilantro is a spice, though. It's like a green of some sort spices cayenne that's pepper right um um that's fine cilantro yeah sure all right in much faster time we said cilantro maybe against your will but the answer is cilantro all right well after regulation uh we have a score of 170 for me and ken and 195 for neil and jeff it's a close one coming down to the final all right your categories for the final are musicals American history, awards and honors, Asia, and television. You don't want to go high in Asia? What's <laughs> that supposed to mean? <laughs> you like anime. That's all I know. <laughs> you, you like one art style from one country in Asia, so you yeah, know everything the, there is the, to the know about Asia. The continent of Asia. Uh, all right. The wagers are in, so Joe will take it away with the questions. All right, number one. In musicals, in the 1982 film version, her first name is Agatha. In the 2014 film version, her first name is Colleen. What is the last name of the character portrayed by Carol Burnett and Cameron Diaz in two different versions of a famous Broadway musical? Number two, American history. During which famous battle... Did the infamous infantry assault known as Pickett's Charge take place? Number three, awards and honors. Jorn Utzen, Renzo Piano, and Frank Geary are all recipients of the Pritzker Prize, the highest award for those in what field? Fourth question, Asia. What country's flag consists of a blue and red field with an image of the sacred Angkor Wat temple in the center? And finally, television. The HBO series Game of Thrones has aired 67 total episodes to date. According to IMDb.com, who has appeared in 61 episodes, the most of any actor or actress? I think both either character name or actor or actress name is acceptable. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Hold on, let me just do the musical one because that's we bet a lot on that one. Hold actually, on. speaking of musicals, was that like in um, like uh, Princess or uh, whatever of Siam or like? No, that's King, King and, and I. I. No, it, it's Annie is the musical. No, I wasn't talking about that musical. I was talking about like do you oh. know the Temple. Do you remember that being in either of those? Um, that's right. Because <clears throat> the other one it could be as Myanmar. Um, that's yeah. I have no idea. Oh, that's that would, on you. That would be the older character. Right? Um, so it's Annie is the musical for sure. I know that hundred um, percent. The name is um, it's Miss <laughs> Brannigan. Uh, it sounds like Brannigan else. Kids, back to work. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Hold That'll Brannigan. help offset some of the other problems. <laughs> okay. Call it a day. Cool. We're in. All right, guys. For the first one, what's your wagers? So uh, we were musicals. With, we went with ten on this one. We went with thirty. Ooh. So uh, with uh, with kind of uh, moderate bets, uh, I could picture this, and I could picture the character in question being, uh, I believe, the technical term is kind of a bitch. <laughs> um, and I got Cinderella stuck in my head with the, like the stepmother and stuff, but. Uh, I think uh, I think the other team's on the right path, but we went with Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Carol, Carol Burnett um, made this character famous, and then Cameron Diaz played it in the uh, remake with uh, Bobby Cannavale as as her um, partner in crime. But uh, I was trying to think of the name, and I kept saying Hanratty, but that's from Catch Me If You Can. That's Tom Hanks' character. But then I I was in I said Bran again, and then I went back to H, and it's Miss Hannigan. So the answer is Hannigan. It is Miss Hannigan. Nice job. Uh, all right, number two in American history. What are your wagers? We went with twenty. Uh, we went ten. Um, so uh, I was I was really struggling on famous battles. I was trying to think of them. I think it might be maybe a Revolutionary War battle, um, like Saratoga or something. But I I couldn't remember. Um, so I just guessed uh, Civil War battle Gettysburg. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! Yeah. yeah, I was pretty sure it was Gettysburg. Uh, the correct answer is 
Gettysburg. All right. <laughs> nice job. No idea on that one. Did yeah. you do that on purpose, Jeff? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, get out of here. You what did he do? What did he do on purpose? He mis he misled He's what like, he was gonna say, and they need. Like, like I don't know if this war was on Earth or I have to get through this, <laughs> but uh, I might, might be the Great Moon Wars. Sixty-seven. Uh, okay, number three, awards and honors about Jorn Utzon, Renzo Piano, and Frank Gehry. What are your wagers? We went with ten. We went with five. The Oakland five. Ooh, Oakland five. Oakland five. Uh, we just thought it was physics right off the right off the top of the cranium there. So I could be wrong. Jeff looked at me and I put my hand next to my mouth to whisper, but I'm pretty sure um, Brad Pitt, one of his favorite people is Frank Gehry, who's an architect. Mm. And so we want architecture. Uh, the correct answer is architecture. Jorn mm. um, Utzon designed the Sydney Opera House. Mm. Uh, Renzo Piano did ah. the Pompidou Center. And Frank Gehry did the Guggenheim Gobau, among other things. Yeah, if you would have said Ted Mosby or Art Vandelay. <laughs> Import, export. Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, number f- four, Asia. Talking about Angkor Watts. What was your wagers? Went with 10. Uh, we also went 10. So just going off the uh, location mentioned, um, and not the flag, I think that's in Cambodia, but I can't be sure. But we went Cambodia. Um, this one's quite painful for me because I, I was able to identify all the countries in that region. Um, I'm, I can see the flag plain as day. And uh, Joe can attest to the fact that recently I've struggled with Southeast Asian rivers. Um, but I narrowed it down between Cambodia and Laos. And I went Laos. It is Cambodia. Right. I wondered about that. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, to... Wonderful place for a holiday. Yeah, it's tough there, but it's life. <laughs> All right, and finally, television. Talking about Game of Thrones, what were your wagers? We went with 10. We, too, went 10. And um, so, yeah, um, based on having the top billing, and I believe the most, uh, I looked through these in the most uh, episodes under his belt, I believe it is Tyrion Lannister, played by Mr. Peter Dinklage. Um. I, I, I would tend to agree with you on that. Not quite the same turn he had on Nip Tuck, but uh, I went Peter Dinklage as Tyrion Lannister. Appearing in 61 episodes, the most out of anyone on the show so far, Peter Dinklage as Tyrion mm. Lannister. Nice job, guys. Cool. So we're up 20 from that, bringing our total to 190. And I believe the cream of the crop today will be the B team, Neil and Jeff, with how many points? <laughs> uh, well, we, we added another... Uh, 45 there, Ooh. so 240. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty strong finish. So you guys will be the cream of the crop. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. Kudos to uh, to Joe. What a well-written game. Mm-hmm. Those were great questions. Thanks, guys. Maybe I should try to write them a little bit harder since you guys are... No, no, no. <laughs> this is just fine. <laughs> this, is, this is our normal... We're, we're used to talking everything out to each other and uh, ribbing each other, and I feel like that helps because we're at the... the um, insecurity you know flows away so um but yeah these were great questions and we're gonna have to have you back to host again because this is a lot of fun actually mm-hmm. yeah. playing against each other indeed absolutely no problem guys thanks for having me on uh joe any last words <laughs> that sounds like a threat <laughs> i mean it, it was great to be on the show thanks for having me on the show um if anyone's in the new york city area come see me i can i host trivia tuesdays to thursdays um, see me do stand up. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter, Joe Nguyen ninety, J O E N G U Y E N nine zero. 
And where do you do trivia, Joe? What are the bars? I do trivia uh, at the parlor on Tuesdays in the Upper West Side. I do trivia on Wednesdays at Mercury Bar uh, in Murray Hill area in Manhattan. And I just picked up another gig on Thursdays at the Bohemian Beer Garden in Astoria, Queens. Yeah, so nice. Go check them out at Trivia and tell them Triviality sent you. I'm more interested in the stand-up, but... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Joe, we we need you to to put together maybe like a two-minute or five-minute piece, and maybe we'll put it as an ad in between one of our episodes (laughs) in the future. You got it. Just do a tight five. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. So, Matt, uh, you were talking about um, how many reviews we have. So what's the update? Yeah, we are up to 42, which is a wonderful number to be on. Uh, It's a lost number, uh, one of the most important numbers in the galaxy, obviously. Uh, But we'd like to get a little more. Um, We're shooting for 50. Uh, That is our goal. Um, If we can reach that, we will have a little award picked out for five reviews randomly. Uh, What were we thinking along those lines? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. It's a surprise, yeah. It's something that you can... It's the best kind of prize. But don't wait too long because the suspense will literally kill one of us. Mm -hmm. Well, that concludes our episode today. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening. For Neil, Jeff, Matt, and myself, that was Triviality. From Hollywood Pictures and director Roland Joffe comes the classic story. God help me, Esther. I love thee. God help me, I love thee too. Of a love so forbidden. I had to warn you, my husband. He is bound to seek you out. And a passion so fierce. Where is he, woman? Their world would never be the same. 